What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr. And I'm back on my podcast, The Vitamin Sports, where you take vitamins every day, just like we talk about sports every day. I watched a great game yesterday against the Nets and the 76ers. Shout out to Ben Simmons, who actually won that game, who won yesterday, even though he didn't play. But I want to talk about today, everybody can't be a coach. Let that sink in. Everybody can't be a coach. I don't think people understand what it takes to be a coach. Like when you're a coach, you have to develop everybody's talent on that high level. Like you have to make sure everybody on the team is at the same frequency, vibing at the same frequency, meaning everybody has to buy into the system. Everybody has to be willing to sacrifice. Everybody has to be willing to put in the work, even the superstars, even the all-time great players on your team. Um, when Phil Jackson got to the Chicago Bulls, he made Jordan buy into the system so that everybody else can benefit from their system and not just him. We don't just need scoring. We need facilitate. We need defense. We need all this. But when the time comes, when the time comes, your scoring will be valid. Magic Johnson, in high school, his coach told him, you can average 44, but it won't help our team. I need you to average 30, 10, and 20. Mr. Trip Dub. Same thing with great players, LeBron James. LeBron can go out there and get 30 a night, but he needs to average 26, 8, and 9. So that's just going to show you that how coaches are really looked at. Um, and you got to think of it like this. The coaches got to be a therapist because they got to manage everybody's ego. They have to, like I said, everybody has to buy into the system. Also, you got to make players eat humble pie sometimes. Yeah, you was the best player in high school, but you're not the best player in college anymore. You got to rebrand yourself and rebuild yourself. You can't just go out with that. I mean, it's okay to have that attitude, that winning mentality, that mama mentality. But you also got to know when it's time to be humble. And embrace your teammates. Basically saying, if I'm going all out, I want to go all out with my teammates. You know, people always say Kobe was selfish. But they don't realize Kobe had sometimes he had to eat humble pie and say, I need guys. Same thing with Michael Jordan. He said, I needed Scottie Pimpin. Same thing with LeBron James. I needed Anthony Davis. I needed Kyrie Irving. I needed D-Wade and Chris Bosh. Larry Bird the same way, Magic the same way, you know, great players. Shaquille knew I needed Kobe Bryant. I needed Dwayne Wade. I needed to get better with Penny Hardaway. So sometimes you got to be able to manage egos, and that's going to be beneficial to the team. Um, yeah, also, I don't think people understand with coaching, you have to be able to student of the game. Meaning you might not have played the game, but you got to study your ass off to really understand, okay, we playing this team. I need to be able to adjust. Like when if you watched the game last night with the 76ers, Steve Nash made sure, like, we're going to get physical with Joel Embiid, but we're going to double change hard and every time. And Embiid, if Embiid was on the block, we're going to double him on the block and get the ball out of his hands. Every time Harden goes in to lay the ball up, we got somebody underneath him so he can keep the ball high 
and then try to lay it up, and then somebody will come over the top and block his shot. Both of those plays were great coaching aspects. Way to coach last night, Steve uh, uh, Steve Nash. Um, Steve Nash, he's not known as one, being a great coach, but he's a student of the game, meaning he actually played the game at a high level, arguably one of the greatest point guards of all time, two-time MVP in a league where there was Kobe, Shaq, and LeBron James. And Dirk Nowitzki and Tim Duncan. So he's a student of the game. He studied his butt off. He knows the, the trade, the tricks of the trade. He knows what makes players tick. He knows how to guard certain players. And that's how you got to be as a coach. Same thing with um, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick knows he's going to take away your best asset. So he's going to make you realize that you have a second asset, but you really don't. And that just shows you, like, wow, Bill Belichick is out thinking me. And Sean McVay said that in the Super Bowl. He said, I, overthink, I overthought it. Bill Belichick actually made me work out there. And he asked him, he said, well, well, run the football. Make me adjust your game. And even when I adjust your game, continue to do the same thing. Because the moment you change is the moment you lost. And that's why I don't think the Ravens understand. That's why I don't think Lamar Jackson understands. The moment you change your game is the moment you lose the game. And um, even uh, uh, Andy Reid, all coaches learn their lesson after they lose. That's why it's always good to reflect after you lost anything. Boxing, um MMA, swimming, tennis, baseball, all that. That's why it's so important that players and coaches watch film. Defensive coordinators get paid the most money. Why? Because they study their butts off. It shows like, yo, I got to figure out how to stop, you know, this player from doing that. Uh, this player from, you know, getting 1,000 yards. This player from throwing 4,000 yards. Or this player from throwing 400 yards in the game. That's why defensive player, defensive coaches get so much get so much money, get paid so much money. It even works with the offense. I got to figure out a way to exploit Lamar Jackson's skill. I got to figure out a way to exploit Aaron Rodgers' skill to make him play even better. Offense coordinators get money too. Like, coaches have to be able to use great players' full potential. I can say Phil Jackson, by him having uh, Kobe, he got the full aspect of Kobe. I can say the same thing for Phil when he had Jordan. I can say the same thing for Shaq. I can say, say the same thing for Eric Spolster having D-Wade, Pat Riley having D-Wade, um, uh, Steve Kerr having Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond. Mark Jackson, when he had them, um, Greg Popovich having the Hall of Famers on his team. I would say he got a little bit of Kawhi Leonard. He didn't get the full aspect of Kawhi Leonard. He got him at a young age. Uh, Frank Vogel got the full aspect of Paul George. So um, that just goes to show, show you that you have to be able to exploit great players, meaning you got to get the full gratification of them. I would say the same thing for Frank Frankie V the first year. When he had a, uh, AD, I feel as though there's still more than a tank for AD. But um, 
there's more set to, more yet uh, more to come if he can stay healthy. I can say the same thing about Floyd's trainers. They got the full aspect of Floyd from the time he was dominant on the offensive end until he became a counter puncher. Um, Coach Calvin, you know, they work so hard down at Upton Gym. They're making these young guys come to their full potential, meaning they got to work twice as hard so that when they get to that level, it's like, I've been at this level so long. Why should I stop now? And even when I decline in certain skill sets, I'm still going to be performing at a high level. So shout out to the guys down at Upton Gym. Um, by our swim team. Uh, Coach Nikki, she take these young young women, young women and uh, men. They might not know how to swim, but by the end of their tenure there, they're gonna be some dominant swimmers. And she took, she make them perform at the highest level, so that when you see them swim, you're like, "Dang, how long they been swimming?" Well, she said, "You know, about two, three years." She's like, two, three years." Shoot, and then opportunities open their doors. You know, same thing with guys that talk about podcasts. The more and more you study on the podcast, the more and more mentors you have, and the more and more they can get from you so you can project yourself and be an all-time great podcast. I'm still learning. I'm a student of the game. For my mentors every day. Matter of fact, I just got a text from my mentor this morning saying, oh, yeah, man, you got to you gotta do better. You got to be hungrier. There's some more information I need you to look at. So. Coaches definitely have a lot to work on as far as, you know, managing great players. Um, if a coach can win with lesser talent and get the best from individuals, meaning like, this is what I'm saying. If a coach can take lesser tier talent, meaning the talent nobody wants, and turn it into a, a commodity, so when they leave the team, they can be a star on another team. That's a great commodity. That shows you how great the player is. Um, I would say Bill Belichick took Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady had some talent. But he made him into a great player. And then when he went to the Bucks, you know, he won them a championship. He took the system that he learned from and then brought it to a different team. And he won a championship. Um, same thing with uh, Coach K. Coach K, you know, he'll take lesser tier talent that you might not hear of because you always hear the top prospects that they had. Like Grayson Allen, compared to everybody he's ever had, Grayson was probably in the middle of the pack. Not bad, but not all-time great. But he turned Grayson Allen into a, a top-tier player. Like four years, that four year span that they had, they've been dominant. They was dominant. Granted, they didn't win every year, but they was dominant. And this year, it's starting to look like the 2015 season. They're starting to win games, you know, conventionally, or they'll lose games by a little bit. Um, This is the best team Coach K's had all around since 2015. So that's a lot to be said. And Coach K is one of those coaches that will take anybody and then turn them, get them by into the system, and then they'll become great. Um, there's a coach by the name of Coach Damon, Coach Steve, Coach Ronnie, Coach Matt, all those coaches, but 
preferably that time period of when Coach Steve and Coach Damon was at Woodlawn Falcons and the organization gave them so what they call lesser tier talent. And they took the B team. We worked hard. I was on that team, me and Devin um, and others. We was on that team and they was like, y'all going to be some bums. Y'all got the beat up uniforms. Coach Damon and Coach C said, okay, watch. Watch us make this magic work. So we worked hard. We went we went up against like 10-12 every day. We, we were 7-9 going against 10-12. So uh, two age groups ahead of us. Man, we was getting tore up to the floor. But what he was, what he was doing was he was building our confidence, building our toughness, so that when we played anybody else, we were running through them like uh, loose leaf paper. And then we started getting wins. Then we started going to the playoffs. And we started winning championships. And they was like, they tried to take our players. And the B team became more popular than the A team. And they were trying to figure out why. And my coach said this. It don't matter who you give us, we're going to work hard over here on both phases of the game. And I just want to thank them for like giving, installing that mentality into me and others. But that was like really disrespectful, and that just showed the great value of coaching. You can take anybody on your team and turn them into a, a great player and a great man because they also influence us off the field as well, you know how to respect our minds, how to do our, do hard work, and, you know, keep pushing for our dreams. So shout out to my coaches. Um, UConn girls. Every time I see UConn girls, I see they get new faces in there. And it's not as like, yeah, they leading the team. It's like everybody on that team is a killer. And there was a stretch in time. They was undefeated for like three seasons straight. And it just shows you how dominant, how hardworking their team was. Because they be NBA ready as soon as they step on the floor. Like, they got a girl there. I think her name is Paige. She's a, uh, this is her, I think this is her third year there. And she's been dominant there. So, UConn girls is, you would have thought they was guys on their team. That's how well they play. So fundamentally sound and so hungry to be getting, want to get better. That's why I said the WNBA is going in the right direction that they could just draft all UConn girls. But got to get props to the UConn coaches, coaching staff, training staff, and whoever is the recruiter there. I already said Bill Belichick. Um, of course, John Harbaugh has the vision of a great coach because he is a special teams coach. And when you're a special teams coach, you have the vision to see everybody on the field. So you know what talent looks like. You know what hard works look like. That's why Ravens special team is always good. Offensive line good. Um, defense. Quarterback may be a question. He's not really a quarterback evaluate, but he knows what hard work look like. Since he's been here, we've been competitive. So shout out to John Harbaugh. Um I want to talk about also coaches that rely on talent too much and don't rely on skill becomes a problem. Um, Baltimore City College High School football team. The school is college prep. Why can't the football program be college prep? 
Why are you getting these lesser tier coaches that don't know what they're doing, that don't motivate these kids to, you know, do study hall, do their homework, or just want to be a great player? Let me tell you something. After football season, if you're not playing another sport, you should crack down on your grades and hit the weight room. You should be in the weight room so many times that the gym co- the gym teachers should be telling you, son, you in here every day. Like, what are you doing? Um, I hope you got an A-plus a+ in all y'all classes because you definitely got an A-plus in gym. Then in the springtime, it should be seven-on-seven seven. every day. Quarterback, receivers, tight end, running back, defensive back, safeties, linebackers. Only ones that really shouldn't be out there but should be in the weight room training is the linemen. But everybody else should be out there developing their skills. Or do it like how me and my me and Devin did when we created that spring football thing, just to build chemistry. Like you gotta be able to just not rely on talent because I saw with this year, um, City was relying on certain players. And then when they would get hurt, they would have no answer. But God willing, they didn't get hurt, but they was getting uh bruised up out there. And sometimes coaches, you gotta check your egos to the side. And, you know, say, you know what, I'm a a man. I understand this player didn't do what he needed to do. But we in a a game, we can hash it out after the end of the season. Because what if he comes back? You'd be like, yeah, we got to build. And then you got to build a relationship with your players. It shouldn't just be a coach and players. It should be like a, a mentor and a mentee. Because y'all build chemistry that way. So when college scouts come by and ask you about him, you're like, well, I know his situation. And, you know, he lives in the boom, boom, boom. You're like, oh, okay. You will really build a connection. I'm like, yeah, we talk every day. And those relationships last a, last a lifetime. You don't want to be that coach that say, well, I have a relationship with this player and it's not true. So you're lying. Uh, same thing with Polly's basketball team. They let in, there was a brief period where they had a top tier team and they won the championship. Won a regional championship. Won the state, uh, won the uh, states, I think. And the city. And I think it was ranked number five, if I'm not mistaken. But the fact that this year, kind of sort of last year, Polly has been going down as far as basketball talent. And it goes to show you that every year you should be developing players. There should never be a drop off. You can have one, you can have a year where you have all 10 recruits. That means the following year in the offseason, you should be training, training, training the up and coming young talent. So it doesn't look like you got a drop off. I know it's easy said than done, but that separates the good coaches from the great coaches. Coach K had a period where they were slumming. I mean, after they let go Zion in them, there was a period where they were slumming. They had, like, double-digit losing seasons. And the net, the following year, yeah, they got a top recruit, but he wasn't one of those guys like those guys. But he's still top tier. But everybody else was better, too, from, like, all the way on the bench to throughout the team. 
So you got to be able to develop players on a high level. And just high school football alone, you have to be able to sacrifice sometimes. You know what? There is no favoritism. It should be no favoritism. Coaches have to separate favoritism from players because you can have a top 10 player, I mean, top five player, and he can be a snob and everything. But that other top tier player, he'd be like, nah, man, I ain't going to play you. He go to another team. That fuel of him not playing, excuse me, will motivate him even better to say, you know what, when I play against my high school, when I play against my team, oh, yeah, I'm going to dominate. And certain things you shouldn't say about certain players because players have feelings as well. Just like coaches have feelings, players have feelings as well. And everybody keeps talking about, you know, Ben Simmons this, Ben Simmons that. He's in a good situation. KD and them going to show him, like, yo, you're a top-tier player, right? Top-tier talent. May not be a top-tier player right now, but you have top-tier player talent. You're about to play on a team with Kyrie Irving and KD. And you're coached by one of the best point guards in the league. I mean, one of the best point guards of his time. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons should be on a phone call calling Magic Johnson and say, Magic, what can I do to get better? I can help you, long blood. Oh, LeBron James. Y'all the same, y'all got the same agent. I don't understand, but it's not for me to understand. Coaches have to be willing to sacrifice their ego and favoritism to make the whole team better. Because when you have a whole team better, you can go far. When your star players are just the only star players, teams can take away from that. You saw that when City went to the second round. You saw that when how the Lakers are playing right now. You kind of seen that last night, the way the 76ers played. You kind of see that with, um, what's that team that played? Uh, The Bengals. You have to have a whole complete team develop so where the stars don't step up, the backup players step up. Golden State Warriors are known for doing that. So, yeah, man. Coaches got to be able to coach, but everybody can't be a coach. You know, I want to thank God, family, friends for tuning in, everybody. Hey, if you got a topic you want me to talk about, DM me on my page on IG at Fireman Sports. I'm your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr. Stay tuned to greatness.